Can you hear me now? Okay. I'm sorry about those uh, delays. All right, so let's, um, let's just take a moment of silence to link up with everyone before we start after these technical difficulties. So again, welcome to this weekly Triangles webinar. Today is October 14th, 2019. And the purpose of our webinar is twofold, as you, most of you know, to introduce the work of Triangles and to aid people who are new to this work in the forming of Triangles so that the network can expand and also to create a platform for those of us who are already members of Triangles to come together each week and participate in a meditative alignment in the support and strengthening of the planetary network. Triangles is a simple visualization technique using the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform consciousness. The work is simply the establishing of a line of lighted, loving communication between three people who agree to vivify their triangular link every day. Three people link together as a triangle of light, mentally, spiritually, and in a spirit of goodwill to all humanity. This triangle is then placed within the larger network of planetary triangles and as the network is visualized, the great invocation is sounded in order to release and circulate spiritual energies throughout the etheric network, releasing it into the consciousness of humanity, touching all open hearts and minds that can respond to spiritual stimulation when it's released into the atmosphere. Triangles need only take a few minutes each day, and it can therefore be fit into even the busiest of schedules. And we, recently we've been noting that triangles is a very effective complement to the many people who are now working on climate action in the recognition of the challenges facing our planetary life. Triangles takes that idea and works subjectively to purify not only the physical body of our planet, which is certainly in need of healing, but also the etheric, the energy body of the planet and the emotional and the mental body, weaving these bodies into a network through triangles through which the energies of the inner realms can pour their life-giving sustenance. So again, if you respond to these ideas, please do consider forming the triangle. So as we like to do each week at this time, we're going to begin with a brief meditative visualization followed by the sounding of a mantra.
let's take a moment to visualize ourselves as a group in alignment with all triangles workers everywhere. Visualize the group as a vast sphere of lighted, purposeful energy. See the world teacher standing at the heart of this sphere, radiating and enlivening all triangles workers everywhere. See spinning out from this inmost center, shining threads of etheric substance, pouring through us, uniting us one with each other, and radiating out throughout all the world. Radiance are we in power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. Today is the first day of distribution of the energies of the Libra full moon. And it's a great opportunity to work together with an energy that is so intimately connected with the work of triangles, as we mentioned last week. This inpouring energy confers balance and poise, among other qualities. And since the signs are progressive in nature, we know that the energies available to us now are just what we need in order to prepare 
for the intensity of the upcoming cycle in Scorpio. And then as we move forward towards the festival week in December, we can hold this interlude within our consciousness as we focus all we do at this time, preparing for this event. Libra and energies aid us in the cultivation of the dual life, maintaining an inner poise amidst all the many stresses and strains of contemporary life. It's said that Libra governs the interludes, the interludes being those periods in the cycles of the breath when we pause between inhalation and exhalation. These are times when we're not so preoccupied with doing, but rather can enter more fully into the quality of being. And through this beingness, our minds are held at a point of spiritual tension, which enables us to work in concert with the soul. It's not a time of resting in the normal connotation of the term, but rather the achievement of the ability to rise above the normal constraints and distractions and become focused within. When we're involved with spiritual work, it's easier to achieve this needed poise for the pull of the inner planes acts like a magnet that draws the life in and up. When considering Libran energies, it's helpful to understand that they not only govern when the sun is aligned with this energy each year in its journey through the zodiac, but also, and more importantly, Libra is said to govern this entire time period between the ages. The incoming of Libra energies in the cycle of the greater zodiac parallels the coming in of the Aquarian energies. For as I said, Libra always governs in these interludes between the ages. So its influence began coming in some 350 years ago, bringing with it an additional influx of seventh ray energy, for Libra is heavily governed by this ray. So now as Aquarius has been coming in for the past 350 years or so, so has this energy of Libra been building. And it's said that now as we move into the final hundred years or so of this dawning of the Aquarian age, this Libran influence is waxing stronger in the planetary horoscope. This balancing and bridging influence is needed because at the end of an age, things tend to fall apart. The negative qualities of the energies that are passing out from the previous age and ray cycle rise to the surface and become entrenched, while the new energies that are coming in are not yet anchored and cause reactions because they are misunderstood and consequently feared. So therefore, in this time of the withering of the law, Libra, the sign of the law, comes in to aid us. So underlying all the outer lawlessness that we see, there is a subjective anchoring under the impress of the planet Saturn that is working its way out 
establishing a new order. With each turning of the great wheel, the fuller manifestation of humanity's ability to live in accordance with spiritual law becomes more firmly established on earth. Libra, the master of no man's land, governs the in-between places, the demilitarized zones, you might say. But where are such places, such demilitarized zones to be found in our world today? Amidst the outer turmoil, the raging battles, we can find those points of peace within consciousness, rising above the fractious climate which generally rules and capturing the inner point that rises above the storms. This inner calm can be cultivated, strengthening the ability to stand. And since the energies of Libra are working powerfully with the triangles network, we know that this inner poise can flow in from hierarchy, impressing and attuning the group to a higher vibratory field. And through the network's radiation, we can help to quell the turbine waters afloat in the world. Poise generates the requisite tension that attracts the soul into our midst. And it is through this means that the solution to problems are eventually realized. And from the Libran label of, labor of Hercules, we know that these solutions quite often are out of the ordinary, not what we would have considered when utilizing the concrete mind when it's not illumined by the soul's light. Libran solutions come after all from the higher intuitive understandings, from Uranian energy, an energy that comes in like a flash of insight and poses an often simple solution, dealing a blow to that which no longer serves. So we can count on this, count on these intuitive impressions to find solutions to the problems that are pressing against the human kingdom at this time. Sometimes what's needed is simply to pause, take time for reflection, consider the options, weigh and balance a situation, ask for the solution to appear, and then wait, being sure to be ready to seize the response when it presents itself. Some of you may be familiar with the Discipleship in the New Age books by Alice Bailey, which are compilations of teachings given out by the Tibetan to his group of students. And a part of these books consist of letters the Tibetan wrote to his students, aiding them through his deepened insight into their psychology, offering suggestions as to what approach they need on their particular path of return. What emerges from these letters is the realization of how different each individual is. And the Tibetan tailored his approach to each of his students with the recognition of what it is that each one of them needed in order to progress upon their path of return. And in the letters to one of his students, 
a student who suffered from possessing a rather agitated consciousness, he gave a rather simple um, admonition. This disciple lacked poise. He lacked inner contentment. And some might think that the solution would be to meditate more and for longer periods of time. But in fact, sometimes less is more from the perspective of the Tibetan. And for this particular individual, he was advised that the only formal meditation he should undertake would be the following, the saying of the following affirmation, every morning, noon, and at night before retiring. And he was advised to, before saying it, align himself with his soul, with the ashram, and with the Tibetan, who was his teacher. And then say very quietly and with no tension the following mantra. I stand a point of peace, and through the point which I can thus provide, love and true light can flow. I stand in restful poise, and through that poise I can attract the gifts which I must give, an understanding heart, a quiet mind, myself. I never am alone, for round me gather those I seek to serve, my brothers in the ashram, souls that demand my help even though I see them not, and those in distant places who seek the master of my life, my brother, the Tibetan. He was told that this affirmation affirmed three times a day would suffice to calm his mind and turn the, turn the place where he abides into a shrine. So with that poised affirmation, let's begin our meditation visualization. Lincoln thought as a soul, as a point of love and light, with all those people throughout the world who are working with this triangles meditation group. Let's invoke the spiritual will. In the center of the will of God, I stand. Not shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. 
I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the Radiant Worldwide Triangles Network. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love which underlies and infuses the network. Lift the consciousness to the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle.
Hold the group mind open and receptive to the inpouring energy of love. Visualize light and goodwill circulating around the triangles from point to point and flowing out through the network into the minds and hearts of men and women everywhere, healing and transforming human consciousness and establishing right human relationships. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere.
Prior to sounding the great invocation, let's pause to consider the work that will be done by the words as they're poured out. And as we repeat each stanza, let's visualize the network acting as a link through which light and love and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. from the point of light within the mind of God. Let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center, which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. If anyone has any thoughts they would like to share with the group, you can do so by either clicking on your name in the participants box and I can unmute your microphone, or you can post a comment in the chat box. Um, someone asks, 
How would the coming one be recognized? How would the one be welcomed? Well, the reality is that this coming teacher will surely not be recognized by many people. Instead, instead it's, uh, he won't be recognized for what he really is because he's not coming forth uh, from the understanding of the Tibetan's teaching, but he's not coming forth in any way to proclaim himself as um, the world teacher. He will not call himself that. Um, he'll be recognized as surely as someone with great wisdom, but not necessarily for who and what he really is. Tibetan says only the disciples of the world will really recognize him in that capacity. And it doesn't matter because he'll be recognized by the work that he does, which is to work with humanity. It said he'll come forward to work and to form like a planetary heart center with whatever group does the most preparatory work for his um, first coming forward. So we don't know what that group will be. There are many groups that are doing so much to prepare human consciousness for this new dispensation because he's coming really to as the inaugurator of the new Aquarian age. So he'll be very Aquarian in nature. He won't be a throwback to the Piscean age. He's not going to come forth as a teacher. That was the age of teachers. And this is really the age of the group and of humanity. So he'll be very much a God-man, very much a part of humanity. And um, how will he be welcomed? Well, certainly he'll be welcomed by humanity because he comes from humanity. He comes to um, lift up and help support suffering humanity. But of course, we have to prepare for that uh, event. It's not enough to... Um, call forth a teacher. It's really up to us to prepare the way. And that's one of the reasons why we have the Triangles Network, because the more people who are involved in the network, the more readily can the planetary um, field be prepared for the coming of a teacher, such as the Christ, the Imam Mahdi, the Messiah, whatever name you want to call this person. Um, Eugene writes, sometimes the oversoul is associated with the skyline to which we are moving in an attempt to reach an imaginary point on the horizon. We call it a world of meaning or a world of sense for ourselves. As soon as we reach it, we find out that the skyline has moved back. So the triangles are a way of choosing the target on the horizon. We really are the triangular soul that moves from point to point, connecting them. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Letitia asks, is the demilitarized zone called the Bardo? Well, it's, it's really, in my understanding, it's, it's a term I just sort of used. I don't know if it's correct in this situation, but um, I was referring more to the demilitarized zone um, in one level, 
it is the bardo, I guess you could say, because the bardo is separating, it's the transition period between this world and the other world. And so, as you know, we all are said to have to move through various bardo states as we pass over in, at the time of death. Uh, and that information is contained in the Tibetan Book of the Dead. And also another interesting book in that regard is the Tibetan Book of Living and Dying. So yeah, you could say that. But the Antakrana in and of itself is also a type of um, demilitarized zone because it connects humanity and all that's going on in the human kingdom and brings through the higher energies of the hierarchy, the spiritual hierarchy. So it's, it's really not uh, either in one or the other, it's in both, it's connecting the both. And that's really why I think it's related so much to Libra because Libra is, is the bridge. And in a way, Libra is the energy of the Antakarana. It connects the first half of the zodiac with the second half of the zodiac. It's a great bridge in consciousness. Um, Julian writes, um, in considering the idea of solution, isn't it interesting that the world contains in its first syllable how one, that the word contains in its first syllable how one goes about finding a solution through the soul or soul to bring light to a problem and to find a solution. Oh yeah, yeah, that is, that's a good observation. Yeah, I mean, Tibetan advises, well, there's different ways of finding solutions to problems, um, but the one he most recommends, it seems, is to wait until the soul can provide the solution. We have to, think it through and ask. But if we wait, we don't make the matter worse by acting from personality concerns, which is so often the case. But Libra reminds us to pause. Um, Someone is saying, will the talk be posted? Um, it won't be posted today, but maybe tomorrow on the Triangles Meditation Group Facebook page. And then by next week on the Triangles blog. Um, Michael writes, the Tibetan refers to him as the eldest in a great family of brothers. Yeah, to the world teacher. Yeah, that's it's such a beautiful... And he says of him, the God-man, the first flower on the human plant. I like that. That's quite deep. For no one in the long history of earth humanity has anyone ever made as rapid progress as has the Christ, we're told. Okay, Ellie. Oh, let's see, sorry. Ellie, whoops. <laughs> Ah, Ellie, I'm sorry. Hello? Hello. Hi, sorry. 
I, um, I, I want to come first go to Ellie because she was up first. I'm sorry. Of course. No problem. So let me find Ellie again. Okay. Whoops. Okay, Ellie? Are you there? Okay. Hello, Ellie? There I am. Hello. Sorry about that. Oh, too fun. Um, so what I, I unfortunately had to step out for part of the talk and we'll listen later, but um, walked in to hear you uh, cite the, the mantra, uh, I am a point of peace or I stand a point of peace. Yes. Now, I wanted to uh, give an example of the practical application. I, I remember you raised it in one of our webinars, um, could have been last year or even before. Yeah, and I wrote it down, and I remember it was. Um, I I went to the reference, and there was something to the effect of um, one of these aspirant or disciples needing a safe place, you know, uh, like to establish a home yeah. base. Yes, and so I had gone through, as you know, uh, a bit of a conundrum over many years, not yeah. having a safe place in the world. So for a year and a half before I closed on the house I'm in, which I'd been living in for some time, there was a tremendous battle going on and a lot of energies that were not conducive to this being a safe place. I exercised that mantra daily starting in the morning. And I mean, I didn't do it three times a day, but it's, it's such a powerful mantra because it expresses who I am and who I think we all are certainly participants here and in the network is that we we are aspire to a peaceful world and we aspire to be conduits of love and anyway uh for fast forward as you know uh in may after i'm 59 years old and have never owned a home for the first time in my life i own a safe place and i am indeed working to make it my shrine and with energies to welcome and support animals and people, etc. So there is a very, very practical application. Yes, it's a wonderful story. And thank you so much. Not a story, a wonderful uh, life experience. And thank you so much for sharing it with the group and demonstrating the power of it. it of really, you know what it did? It centered me. Yes. It, it, because it's so straightforward. It just put me to center where, my energies have been scattered by this, this sort of buffering um, of, of circumstances, these, these winds yeah. that I, I couldn't control. It just put me in the one place I can control, the fact that my heart is a loving heart and the fact that peace is where I want to be in my life, in a state of, of, of peace. Not stasis, but peace, you know? Yeah. Thank you. So thank, thank you. This this is just goes to um, speaks to the power of these webinars. You never know how it's going to affect you, but if you apply certain principles to your life, they're they're just wonderful, wonderful tools. You know. Yeah, and the power of the mantric phrases that are given out to us by the the Tibetan in his book. Yeah, they help. They help us remember who we are. Yes. Yeah. You know. So thanks, Kathy. Thanks, Ellie. Okay, bye. There's a there's a beautiful book that maybe people don't know about um, that's offered 
by the Lucis Trust is called Reflections. It's a book by Foster Bailey, who was Alice Bailey's husband. And it's his reflections on the many mantras that are given out in the, mostly in the Discipleship in the New Age books. And so you might want to look into that book. Uh, it's really quite beautiful. And now Maria Christina. Hi, Maria Christina. Hello. Hey. Hello. Well, speaking of mantras, um, when you were speaking or considering, in any case, the interlude, the Libran interlude, where we have the opportunity to stand at that, you know, razor-edged path, that point of poise between dualities. Um, it's a wonderful time of opportunity, but I would just share a mantra that also describes it. Um, because we're in the middle of a forcing process, of initiation and so this stanza used to be chanted it says by those preparing to move through the initiation of transfiguration and it runs I stand between the heavens and earth I see the forms God took I hate them both not do they mean to me for one I cannot reach and for the lower of the two, I have no longer any love. Torn I am, space and its life I cannot know, and so I want it not. Time and its myriad forms I know too well. Pendant I hang betwixt the two, desiring neither. And this is a state of limbo that might be familiar somewhat at different times in our lives to each of us until we get the sufficient spiritual tension to take that leap forward, you know, shifting, shifting our very identities as we participate in this initiatory time of our planet and of humanity. Thank you. Thank you, Marie Christina. Thanks for sharing that mantra. Someone writes, can you, oh, the page number for the mantra. Someone did post that above. It's from uh, Discipleship in the New Age, volume two, 723 through 724, so if you'd like to get that. Um, someone's asking if the webinar is available in French and somebody is saying that she's uh, translating it into French. So you can write to her, Bibi Lumia. Okay, her, she put her, posted her web address, her email address. Mm. 
Okay. And somebody posted it. Michael posted it on the, the mantra is posted here in the chat if anyone wants to connect with that. And thank you. Um, um, someone, uh, Jane says that it's important for us to understand Libra is light and it's related to the rule of the law and that Uranus is bringing in unusual but needed solutions right now. Yeah. Uranus is always bringing in uh, unusual solutions. Uh, uh, the Foster Bailey's book, again, for Karen, is um, Reflections. It's called Reflections. Okay. All right. So thank you all. And um, let's just end with a moment of silence to link up with the network. Thank you so much.